0: Good morning KGF Church family. It is the second week of Advent and we're just really thrilled to have you joining us once again. As we're heading into this uh, holiday season, one of the things that we as a church family want to uh, bring to your attention is just how many people in this church are currently involved in caring for the people around them, caring for those in our church. Many of you might not know this, but we have sort of an umbrella term for all these people that are doing this. We call it KGF CARE. There are people in our church like me and other pastors who are uh, involved in people's lives as we're invited and as we're able to uh, invest ourselves there. We've got people who are making use of uh, counseling facilities or who are um, accessing financial help that the church is making available to them. We have our Stephen ministers who've gone through 50 hours of training to walk through people precisely for moments like this, and they're doing just that. We have people in our church family who love visitation and love making sure that people who are shut in or sick are alone, have a friend who hasn't forgotten them, and even during COVID are finding creative ways to navigate that. We have people involved in compassionate care who for years now have been quietly and faithfully making meals for people who are going through a difficult time and could use that extra help. And of course, on top of all of that, we have individuals and teams who are involved in prayer, praying for me, praying for you and praying for those who are uh, brought to their attention. We have uh, Betty Ernest who is looking after our prayer emails as well. There is so much happening here at KGF, and we haven't really talked about it in the last little bit, and we want to start talking about it now. So, Church, what I want to invite you into right now is to pray for and thank God for these people who are involved in offering care. At the same time, If you yourself need care, or know somebody who does, and you're not sure who to reach out to, can I encourage you and invite you to reach out to office at kgfchurch.com and invite us in to walk alongside you. More than that, I want to let you know that going into the new year and as we head into this holiday season, we are going to be investing ourselves into looking after one another. If that kind of ministry excites you and you want to think about that, again, I invite you to get in touch with us at the church office so that we can look at how to love each other and care for each other as we're heading into this season and into the new year. Like I said, we're gonna be talking about this a bit more going forward. So right now, I want to say, God bless you this Sunday. And I actually wanna pass things off to our uh, KGF board chair, Kevin, who's got some AGM news as well as some encouragement and food for thought for you as well. God bless.
1: Hi there everybody, my name is Kevin Gilbert and I have the privilege of serving as board chair for KGF Church during these unusual times. One of the experiments that recently concluded was our virtual AGM. Uh, Thank you to everybody who participated in that. It was great to see we were able to meet quorum, which means we had the numbers we needed for it to count as an official meeting, and we successfully passed the motion of affirming Devin Scollin as student ministries director with a 92% thumbs up. So thank you to everybody who participated in that. And I just wanted to also speak a little bit about this moment that we're in as a church. It's a unique time. We're not gathering in person, and we can really miss that. Uh, We miss the The familiarity, we miss the spontaneity of these social connections and just the spiritual feeding that it would be in those times. And I don't want to dismiss that. I want to acknowledge that that's really hard for a lot of us who have uh, a a lifetime or even a a newer time span of engaging with that. And I also wanted to encourage us that the questions that we get to ask ourselves right now, they can outlast the pandemic. We're, We're born for this. Our vision is this Jesus calling on our lives is this, you know, our vision is to co-create communities where each of us are awakened and equipped to live out the unique calling God has for us. It's about coming together and going out. And when Jesus led, he was modeling this way of being. It wasn't about championing religious rights and freedoms or even religious rites and rituals, but about moving into the world to show the love of God. And so this is our time. This is our moment to really be leaning into this and to, asking, to ask ourselves creative questions about how to do this. If you need any help exploring this, asking, you know, what does a hub look like in this time? What does a life group or a triad look like in this time? Don't hesitate to reach out to the church staff. It's what they're here for, and they're doing an amazing job being laser-focused on helping us orient towards this long-term vision. Not just a short-term adaptation. This is something that we get to be. So if you need help, um, our staff are super aligned with helping us lead into this vision and would love uh, to be part of helping connect you with uh, a different way to to belong in this time. Thanks for being part of this community, and I hope you have a wonderful day.
2: Good morning, KGF Church family. Um, It is an honor to be here with you guys today um, as we light the second Advent candle. Um, I'm really blessed to have Katie, my daughter, Kyle, my son, and my wonderful wife, Tanis here with us today.
3: So this is the second week of Advent. Last week, we lit the candle for hope. This week, uh, we light
1: the candle of peace.
2: The topic that we've been asked to discuss today is, what does it mean to have peace during Advent? To have peace in your heart during Advent. Katie, what were your thoughts? Um, well, I think it means to have the calmness of God, just to have that confidence and reassurance in Him. And Kyle? Is there anything that comes to your mind when you think about having peace during Advent?
3: For me, it's just the fact that there's no doubt in my heart that um, God loves me and that uh, I have peace in that.
2: Great. Thank you.
3: Um, Yeah, and today we're going to read a passage from Isaiah. This is Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance, nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put its hand in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the lord in that day the heir to david's throne will be a banner of salvation to the world the nations will rally to him and the land where he lives will be a glorious place
2: church let us leave with hope and peace in our hearts
4: Thanks Joel for leading us. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Ransom uh, set us free. Uh, What a wonderful song as uh, we continue in Advent and uh, as we do, it's a season of giving and can I encourage us as a church family to be enormously generous as we head toward Christmas. There's so many opportunities in our city but as a church as well, thank you for your partnership Uh, Together as a church family, we're partners together in doing the work of ministry that God's given us and uh, continue to give and contribute as this year comes to a close. We would love, wouldn't it be awesome if we as a church would meet our budget, surpass our budget, and make it possible for us to give generously and share even more with some of the works in our city and around the world. That would be a great thing. So church, let's be generous. Kids, you can be too. And... Uh, by the way, kids, you'll see my little cool. Uh, well, maybe you don't think it's so cool, but I've got this little Lego thing here. Yep, uh, Pastor Phil pulled out the Legos again. So here's your assignment for today: grab Legos or blocks, and I'd like you to work on building the name that you see there. Can some of? Can somebody read it for me? What does it say? Yeah, you got it. Jesus. So if some of you can work at that, build. Build the name of Jesus. Love to see some pictures of it. I had a picture last week sent to me of a car, a van with skis on the roof, which was really awesome. Thank you, Micah Weens, And it made me want to travel 16,000 kilometers again. Uh, No, not really. Didn't. But it was a great picture, Micah. So thank you. Um, And let me just say this. Don't give up connecting with one another. All these Provincial health orders have changed things again for our hubs and life groups, but please adapt. People need fellowship. You need fellowship. The mission of the church does not change. KGF, adapt, reach out to one another, connect, and continue the work of the church. Can we do that? Yes, we can. Well, as always, we're moving toward a question today. The question that you will Uh, Have a chance to discuss where you are virtually with your group or perhaps with a person as you uh, have the chance to connect would be this. How does the hope of Jesus being our great high priest help us in our time of need? How does the hope of Jesus being our great high priest help us in our time of need? That's where we're headed. But let's begin here. At the end of November 2018, I lost my job. Uh, On December the 11th, which was 11 days jobless, I wrote in my journal these words, I need a sign, a symbol, a word from you that directs, is that too much to ask? The very next day, 12 days after my job ended, 13 days before Christmas, I was driving to pick up our kids at school in a lower mainland December rain when our SUV's warning lights lit up like some spasmatic Christmas tree. The engine began to lurch like Santa's sleigh in that Christmas movie, Elf. If you watch it, that's kind of the picture of what happened to our vehicle. And I'd slow at an intersection, and I'd throw the thing into neutral and rev on the gas, and the driver next to me would go like, I think he thought I wanted to have some Advent race as soon as the light turned green. And uh, I was praying, Lord, Lord, please just help me get this thing to the school. We made it, and I pulled into a spot, and the SUV, vitals rapidly deteriorating, coughed, made stranger sounds than when Grandma got run over by a reindeer, and went dark. And so now we were grieving. I had no job and a kaput vehicle. And I wrote the next morning these words in my journal. I'm in a season of plowing. I feel like you're breaking us up. And it's hard. And it's painful. I was searching for vehicles online. And I began to realize, of course, that the money that we had saved was enough for something more likely to blow up than the SUV we had just walked away from. I was moody. Grumpy. Internally beaten up. Externally trying to hold it together. And not thinking at all about what I had written just two days before. I need a sign. A symbol. A word from you that directs. Is that too much to ask? Now, obviously, I wouldn't have thought of those words because the sign I was seeking or expecting wasn't pulling the life support on our means of transportation as a family. It's as if I had pulled up alongside God and asked for directions, and he said, okay, hey, sure. Well, first get out, and now walk. And then he walked away in silence. But 11 days later, yes, yes, If you do the math, on the afternoon of Christmas Eve, Jen and I were at a car dealer purchasing a 2011 Toyota Sienna that we did not have money for, and yet somehow did. In the days between December the 12th and the 23rd, countless amazing signs got our attention. It began with meat, as most wonderful signs do, Turkey and a ham. A couple we knew dropped off one of each for our family. Two days later, they returned and gave us $1,000 cash. The wrecker gave us $1,300 for that dead SUV. The friend, friends of ours found a dealer willing to give us the Sienna at cost and told me that someone had anonymously given $5,000. The day before Christmas Eve, another person informed us that someone we didn't even know had left $2,500 to help, with our, help, our, help replace our vehicle. And so 13 days after I asked God for a symbol, God had taken the last straw of our season of despair and weaved it into a work of fine art. If you did the math as I was talking... You'd realize that God, through His people, had provided $9,800. And that, combined with what we had saved for a vehicle, was exactly the amount needed to purchase the Toyota Sienna that you might see our family driving around the city in today. Now, you might see a van, but we see a sign and symbol of God's intervention. Our van is a sign that God can be trusted even when your soul is battered. The point, you see, isn't a vehicle or the comfortable life. That actually is not the point at all. It is the faithfulness of God and what can happen when someone steps into the gap for you. The New Testament begins with Joseph discovering that his fiancée, Mary, is pregnant. Now he knows he has nothing to do with it, and he's having a moment. And in the season of plowing, he considers walking away from Mary entirely. And then this happens, Matthew chapter 1, verse twenty. If you want to read along with me, it's on the screen here behind me. You can read along together. I'm going to read as well. But I'll read a little quietly quietly so that you can read out loud if you want to. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. what Jesus or what Joseph is being pointed to. He's reminded of his identity. You're a son of David. Remember who you are and the prophetic promises given to your descendant, the great King David. He's called to surrender to the leading and the activity of the Holy Spirit. What's happening in Mary is of the Spirit. So do not fear. He's called to a great hope because of the broke for broken humanity. Call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The purpose of all this is redemption, forgiveness, new life, the restoration of God's shalom. And all this will fulfill what the prophet had spoken hundreds of years earlier, the promise of Emmanuel, God with us. And that word of Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah chapter 7, that a virgin would have a child who would be God with us, was a direct answer to Isaiah, challenging King Ahaz, also a descendant of David, to ask for a sign of God's ability to deliver when the enemy was at the gates. God with us. This is what the prophetic points to. This is what signs and symbols are meant to do. Not just give us religious hallmark words to say, but the hopeful presence of God in the real world where enemies rage, where cars die, and where sin has power. What does God with us really mean? And this points to another good news sign rooted in the Old Testament. The presence of the priest. The one who stands in the gap between God and humanity religions have priests even in christian tradition some christian traditions the person who in my kind of role is called a priest this is also true in other religions like hinduism for instance the idea of uh, an intermediary presence someone that we rely on in some form to stand in the gap for us is also seen in our legal systems if you're in trouble with the law you'll call a lawyer to help, and they will even stand in your place to answer the judge on your behalf. They'll even tell you to be quiet and let them talk from time to time. This is even real in how we purchase insurance or even a mortgage, because we go find a broker. Sometimes we take someone with us if we have difficult conversations we have to have with somebody else. We'll take somebody with us. They might even speak for us when our words run out. There are crucial times in life When we know that we're powerless to accomplish and overcome something on our own, that we need somebody to be with us. And if this is true for insurance, how much greater when it comes to that massive, big deal problem of sin, that power that controls us and that we need freedom from. And so into the life of Israel as a nation from the very beginning was priesthood. Who represented God to the people and the people to God. Because all of God's holiness, all of God's just wrath towards sin was centered on the priest. And all the weight of the sin of the people, all that bore them down and stood between them and God was centered on the priest. The priest, you see, was never a servant of the people. The priest was always God's servant. Exodus chapter 28, verse 1. This is the very beginning of the institution of the priesthood among the Israelite nation. Moses uh, writes this. The Lord is speaking to Moses. Let Aaron, your brother, be brought to you from among the Israelites with his sons Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, so that they may serve me as priests. Aaron and his sons were to be were called out to serve God as priests. The priest becomes a sign and a symbol of God among the people. Even their clothing represented someone and somewhere else and their primary responsibility is to take care for the sacrifices for sin that Israel was required to do. Because sin is a big deal. God, a holy God, cannot look on sin. And so for the Lord to make a people for his own purposes in the world, through whom a Messiah for all people will come, sin needed to be covered so that he could dwell with them. And the priest mediated this every single day, making sacrifices every single day. And the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament outlines this never-ending job of sacrifice, bulls and goats and sheep, the constant sign and symbol of the great cost of sin and, and the good news of God being with us in our brokenness. Because sacrifices were not a sign that God was against us, but that God was for us and that he wants to be with us. And that he would make a way for his relationship with us to be restored. And for his shalom wholeness to return. When the promise of a child being born to a virgin was given to King Ahaz by his Isaiah, it wasn't sentimentality. It was the power of God to be with us, to deliver entirely from all that threatened God's shalom in the world. And when this promise is then given to confuse Joseph... It is directly related to deliverance, not just from foreign enemies at the gates, but from the foreign power of sin that held the world captive. He would save his people from their sins. That's what the angel tells Joseph. God would not only do the sacrificial work of the priest, he would be the sacrifice himself. God would be with us to deliver us from our sins the baby within mary's womb was commanded to be named jesus which means god is salvation kids how is the name building going is it looking good is it looking better than this i'm sure it is you're going to take a picture and send it i know but it's got to it's going to look better than anything i did so what does jesus name mean what does jesus name mean it means God is salvation. When we say the name Jesus, it is the Anglicized, the English version of Jesus, the Greek version of a Hebrew name, Yeshua or Joshua, which means Yahweh is salvation. Yeshua, Jesus, Jesus. The Lord is salvation. It is who he is. It is what he says. Does, God, delivers. We're all used to delivery these days, right? Ding dong, there's another box at the door, right? Call, skip the dishes. Think of Amazon, Shopify. I heard a radio ad for pizza delivery drivers recently. I've never ever heard that before. There's clearly a need for delivery. Even 7-Eleven is advertising delivery now. How much colder do you need your gas station hot dog to be, I wonder? Swiggy, if you've heard of Swiggy. Swiggy is India's version of DoorDash. They call their deliverers hunger, hunger saviors. Yeah, the world is seeking delivery. Intermediaries, priests who stand between our hunger and lineups and the potential virus exposures. But hunger saviors are just a shadow and a sign of what we need. The world waits and aches for deliverance from the bad news of sin, Every human system, every human religious system... ...describes a way to appease this shame, guilt, and fear... ...that rattles us and points us to deep brokenness... ...that we yearn to be healed from... ...and yet are powerless to address on our own. We need someone for us and someone with us. We need a great high priest who will step into the gap. And now, as the New Testament begins... A woman named Mary and her fiancé in an ethical dilemma are swept up in the hope of the nations. In the wholeness of all that salvation means, God would be with us. A great high priest would make it possible. Now, in Israel, the priests were always a present reality. Tithes were to be given so that they could keep offering sacrifices. The entire tribe of Levi were set apart for this work and not even given territory within the promised land because the Lord himself was their inheritance and their work. But whenever the priests became the thing or made themselves the center of things, the prophets would correct it. The prophets would put the priests back in their place. Look at Hosea chapter four, verse six to, for an example of this, because the priest was never ever to minimize sin's great cost and ugliness. And the priest was also a national symbol that the world needed someone to stand between us and a holy God. And that tiny embryo in Mary's womb was the promise, God with us. He would deliver us from our sins. Which leads us to the poetry of William Chatterton Dix. And just a word of caution, don't say I didn't warn you, but when I search for these lyrics on the internet, and the internet knows everything and is always concerned for my well-being and wholeness, okay, that, that was sarcastic. When I searched the internet for these lyrics, it said this. It warned me that these lyrics contain explicit language. So I'm just warning you right now. Here's the poetry of William Chatterton Dix. Why lies he in such mean estate? where ox and ass are feeding. Good Christians fear for sinners here. The silent word is pleading. Nails spear shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me and for you. Hail, hail the word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. What child is this? Be advised says the internet, these are dangerous words he is god with us he's our deliverer the priest taking sacrifice to a whole new level he will not only make sacrifices he will be the perfect sacrifice so great is the love of god that he will stand in the gap and deliver us the whole world is driving a vehicle without any means of replacing it and we need someone to stand in the gap. And that leads us to the book of Hebrews. And we're going to look at a couple passages as we close this up and pull this one into the parking lot. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Again, if you want to read along, go for it. I'll read a little quieter. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Therefore, and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus, our high priest, is fully human. He identifies with us in all that we want to hide from God's sight. What would you want to hide from the sight of God? Hmm? All the stuff that awakens shame, guilt, and fear in us. He sees it all and he identifies with it and he is fully god he is god with us he faced those temptations same temptations we do yet he did not sin he is the perfect priest and the perfect sacrifice who accomplished what no other priest could so that we can approach god with confidence boldly boldly we can have a face-to-face friendship with God because God with us has not condemned us but delivered us into wholeness and salvation. So be bold. A little later in Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews 7 verse 23. Now, there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever... He has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens, unlike other high priests. He does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins, and then for the sins of the people, he sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son, who has been made perfect forever. You see, other priests, other priests are broken people like you and I, and they were just signs and symbols. They were always making sacrifice for others and for themselves. And they all eventually died, and new priests, a new generation had to step in. It was endless. But Jesus ended that system once for all. As Son of God and Son of Man, he offered once for all himself. And he rose from the dead, and he now sits as our high priest forever, having completely disarmed the power of sin, and he now intercedes constantly for you. He stands in the gap between us and the Father, advocating for those who believe that in Jesus the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near, and have repented and believe the good news. This is so we can be bold with God. We can have peace and shalom. We have a priest who doesn't have to keep at the work for in him the work is done god with us he will save us from our sins before him everything else was just sign and symbol advent and christmas which we're walking into right now advent and christmas just sign and symbol even christmas van miracles just sign and symbol even taylor swift huh yeah taylor swift even taylor swift is aware of this and calls us to wake up. Her song, Christmas Must Be Something More, says this, you'd see that today holds something special, something holy, not superficial. So here's to the birthday boy who saved our lives. It's something we all try to ignore and put a wreath upon the door. So here's something you should know that is for sure. Christmas must be something more. Ah, thanks, Taylor. It is Taylor. It is something more. God himself is with us. Stands in the gap for us. Jesus is our great high priest. He will make the sacrifice and be the sacrifice. So friends, have a bold and shalom-filled Christmas. Stop living in shame, guilt, and fear. The priest can save to the full all who are broken and confused. Carol boldly. Give gifts boldly. We should come to Christmas this year, this year that has shaken us and exposed so much, asking this, what child is this? And what does it mean that God is with us? So as you ponder that thought, let's listen to the song. Maybe you want to sing, what child is this? What
5: child is this who lay Amen. Come.
4: Hail, hail, the word made flesh, the babe, this son of Mary, this baby born to be the great high priest for you and for me. So church, as we go this week, just a couple more weeks till Christmas, uh, kids talk with the big people around you about the block letters or whatever it is that you made of the name of Jesus and try to remind them what the name of Jesus means. Have a discussion and see if you can remember. But there's also this discussion question. How does the hope of Jesus being our great high priest help us in our time of need? How does the hope of Jesus being our great high priest help us in our time of need? Perhaps you're in that time of need right now. You guys can talk about this. Do the work of the church. And may the Lord bless and keep you, give you hope this week, and make us salt and light in our world.